good news is, if you've been with us, help me out. The good news is what? You're rich. Every single one of us sitting in this room today are rich. Now, I know if you're a guest today and this is your first time, you're thinking, no way am I rich. You haven't seen my bank account. You don't know how much money I have. There are other people that are far richer than me, and I can barely even make it on what I have. And I know that many times we don't feel very rich, but the truth is we are incredibly rich, especially compared to the rest of the world. And we've learned in this series that if you make $34,000 a year, you are in the top 4% of all the richest people in the world. Man, that is rich. Many of you are even above that, that if you make $45,000 in a year, you are actually in the top 1% of all the richest people in the world. That is great, great news. You are rich. So everybody put your hand over your heart like this and say, I'm rich. That's really good news because we can enjoy the blessings of God on our lives and we can make a difference with the riches and with the blessings that God has given us. But we also learned some bad news and the bad news is the same as the good news. The bad news is that you are rich. And because we are rich, we learn that we're going to be held at a higher standard that God is going to hold us accountable for what he has entrusted to us. That the scripture says, to whom much is given, much will be required. And that's bad news because one day we're going to stand before God and we're going to have to give an account for what we did with what he has blessed us with. And because he has blessed us so much and because we are so incredibly rich, we're going to have to live to a much much higher standard. So in this series, what we've been doing is we've been learning how to be rich, that if we are already rich, then we need to learn how to be good at being rich. We're not talking about how to get rich because a lot of people will tell you all about that, but we're talking about how to really be rich and how to be rich in the things that really, really matter here on this earth. And today I want to wrap this whole thing up by talking about kind of a different kind of of rich. Maybe a different way of thinking of it than you've probably ever thought of it before. And I want us to go back to look at this passage of scripture that really kind of kicked this whole series off, where the whole thought for this whole series really came from, this passage of scripture in 1 Timothy. And to wrap this up, I want us to just kind of go back to where we started in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 17. I want you to see it on the screen and read it along with me. Look what it says. Paul is teaching Timothy and he's telling Timothy, here's what I want you to tell people who are rich. So that would mean he would be saying, I want you to tell this to people like like us. And I want... I want you to see what he says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Check this out. Command them to do good. Everybody say, do good. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds. Everybody say, rich in good deeds. And to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. For in this way they will lay up for themselves treasures as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now this morning I want you to notice this word, this little phrase here. Paul says, I want you to command them to do good and I want you to command them to be rich in good deeds. 
This morning we're going to talk about being rich in a little bit different way. We've been talking throughout this series about being rich in a monetary way and how because God has blessed us we, we have a, a responsibility. But I want to talk about this a little bit different and, and not so much about money today, but I want to talk about being rich in a different way, about being rich towards others, about being rich in good Deeds. Paul says, here's what I want you to tell those who are rich. I want you to tell those who are rich to not only be generous and willing to share in the money and the riches and the blessings that they have, but I also want you to teach them to do good with their life and to be rich in good deeds. Now, here's what's interesting, is that the more rich we become, the more money that we have, Typically, the less focused on others we become. Have you noticed that to be true? I mean, the more that we get, typically, the more we begin to become self-focused and self-centered. I mean, think about it. You get a little bit more money. Typically, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? What am I going to do with this money, right? I mean, the first thing that goes with your, through your mind is, hey, I could, I could, you know, go on that trip that I've really been wanting to go on. Now, nothing wrong with going on trips. I like going on trips. That's pretty good. But it is a little bit self-focused, isn't it? I mean, we get a little bit more money and we think, well, yeah, I could redo the house. And we could get those, you know, those granite countertops that we were wanting. Or we could get, you know, that new kitchen. Or we could, we could get that new, you know, bedspread for the bedroom. Or, and we think about, hey, I got some more money. And so I must be using that for me. And many times, the more we get, the more kind of self-focused and self Centered, we begin to become with what it is that God has blessed us with. In fact, I heard about a pastor one time who had a group of some of the leaders and some of the key people in the church, and he asked them this question, to, a really a challenging question. He said, hey, as they were dreaming about the church and about what God wanted to do with them, he said, hey, what if, you, if money was no object, if you just, I mean, money was no problem, and you could do anything you wanted, and money was no, was no object for you, what would you do? And he was expecting them to say stuff like, man, I would build some water wells in a or I would go on some missions trips, or I would feed some children who don't have any, you know, any food to eat, or I would volunteer down at the pregnancy center and help those ladies down there, or I would mentor some, you know, kids in some inner city areas of, of the city, and he expected them to have those kind of answers, but instead what he heard from them were things like, I'd get a new house, or I'd buy a boat, or I'd get that new set of golf clubs that I've been wanting for so long. And when I heard that, I thought, really, is that, is that why Jesus came and died on the cross? Did he give his whole life for us so that the driving force of our life could be to buy a new boat? So many times, the more we get, the more focus we get on what more can we get. And the more centered we become on ourselves. And Paul says, that's not how to be rich. To really be rich, this is what I want you to do. I want you to shift the focus from yourself and I want you to begin focusing on others. I want you to do good and I want you to be rich in good deeds. So let me ask you a question here. You don't have to raise your hand on this one this morning, but I want you to think about it for just a second. How rich are you? When it comes to good deeds, are you rich in good deeds? Are you middle class 
in good deeds? Are you poor, below the poverty level, in good deeds? What is the focus of your life? Is the focus of your life on yourself or is the focus of your life on others? Are you rich in good deeds? And I want to talk about that for just a little bit today. I want to talk about how can we become people who are rich towards others and rich in good deeds. And before we do that, though, there's something really important that I have to, I have to share with you to make sure that we understand this completely. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first thing is this, is that we have to understand that we are not saved by our good deeds, but we are saved for our good deeds. I want you to make sure and understand that because as we talk about good works and as we talk about doing good towards others, I sure don't want anybody to get, uh, to get confused, misunderstand that, hey, some Somehow we can earn our way into heaven or somehow we can earn our way by doing good into the approval of God. And that's not even scriptural. In fact, we find in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, Paul talks about it. Look what he says. He says, for it is by grace. Everybody say by grace. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself, for it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. Here's the deal. Hey, as we talk about doing good to others and being rich in good deeds, before we even get into that, you have to understand that no amount of good deeds is ever going to be enough to make you right with God. We are not made right with God by the good that we do. We are made right with God, just as the scripture says right there, by faith in Christ through through grace. And it's not because of our works otherwise we could boast and we could talk about how look how good I am and look what I do and the truth is it don't matter how much good you do you're never going to be good enough to measure up to God's standard amen so we're not saved by our works but we are saved for our works in fact that's what Paul goes on to say in verse 10 he says for we are God's handiwork look at this created in Christ Jesus why why did God create us he created us for this to do good works everybody say do good works He created us to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Here's what's so awesome, is that God has made us already prepared to be rich in good deeds and good works. He already has a plan and a purpose laid out for your life. There are opportunities for you to do what God has called you to do and to make a difference here on this earth. And those opportunities might just be right in front of you. Many times the opportunities are right there. We don't even see them. In fact, I want us to look at this very famous story today. I want us to just kind of break it down for a second. Many of you may have heard this story already before. It's a parable that Jesus tells called the parable of the Good Samaritan. We find it in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 30. Let's just read it together. Jesus says, there was a man who was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And when he was attacked by robbers... And they stripped him of his clothes and they beat him and, he, and went away, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring out oil and wine. 
Then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you and every expense that you have. Which of these two, And then Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the experts of the law replied, the man who had mercy. Everybody say mercy. The man who had mercy on him. And Jesus told them... Go and do likewise. Now, man, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, very familiar story. I'm sure you probably all heard it before. This guy's going, and, I mean, he's walking down the, down the road, and then all of a sudden a couple of guys who are up to no good started making trouble in the neighborhood. You know what I'm talking about? And, and here he is. He's beaten up, and he's laying on the road, and two guys, religious guys at that, walk right past him. But this guy, a Samaritan guy, what would have been known as a very lower class, kind of maybe middle income type of a guy, not someone who we would probably call rich by our standards. He walks by, but instead of just walking by, he stops what he's doing, and he helps the man. And Jesus says, which one of these would you call a good Neighbor. In other words, I think for our purposes today, we can say something like this. Which one of these three men would you say were rich in good deeds? It was the Samaritan man. It was the man that we wouldn't even consider to be rich. Not in monetary ways. But this man was rich in a different way. This man was rich in good deeds. And I believe that God is calling us to be like this man in this Story that we would be rich in good deeds. And I just want to talk about it for just a second. If you have your notes, I want you to write three things down. If we're going to be rich in good deeds, the first thing we've got to do, and we see it right here in this story, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to open our eyes. Everybody say, open your eyes. Here's where it starts. Being rich in good deeds starts with our eyes. Starts with what we see. It starts, it starts by a look. In fact, I like what Rick Warren says. He says, kindness begins with the eyes. And isn't that so true? If we're going to be kind and compassionate, if we're going to be rich towards others and rich in good deeds, it always starts by what we see. That's exactly where it started for this man in this story. In Luke 10 and 33, it says, And when he saw the man, everybody say, saw the man. When he saw the man. Now, here's the problem, is that many times there can be opportunities to be rich in good deeds that are right in front of us. We just don't see them. You know, we play this little game it was several, several months ago that my girls really got into this little game in the car. I'm sure that you are probably familiar with it. It's a little game called Slug Bug. Anybody ever played Slug Bug before, right? And I mean, they were, they were really into this game, like everywhere that we go. It's like Slug Bug, and then they would pop you, and then they always would say, no tag backs. Anybody ever heard of that part, right? And that means you can't hit them back. And so it'd be like, Slug Bug, no tag backs. And it's like, boom, you're just driving down the road, and just wham, you're getting hit, you know? And it's like, where did that come from? What's going on? And I never noticed Slug Bugs. I didn't even see slug bugs, but after getting hit by my kids about a dozen times, I'm like, I'm looking for slug bugs. So now, all of a sudden, as I'm driving down the road, everywhere I'm going, man, my eyes are open, and I'm seeing slug bugs everywhere. And my wife, she would always be like, I'm not playing, I'm not playing, y'all don't hit me, I'm not playing. And then when she would see one, then all of a sudden, she's playing, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And it's like... I better start finding slug bugs. So all of a sudden, man, I just start looking around. And I know, here they are. They're always there, right? It's not like all of a sudden slug bugs just came up. They were always there. I just never noticed them before until I started looking. 
You know, I started thinking about this this past week, that as we've been doing the church and remodeling the church and stuff like that, there are a lot of decisions that you have to make when you're remodeling and when you're doing a building and stuff like that. So you've got to decide what kind of lights do we want to have and what kind of co- what color do we want that and what kind of rock do you want out there and what kind of, I mean, all this stuff, light fixtures. I mean, just, just crazy stuff. And I never noticed stuff like this all that much before, but now all of a sudden, like as every week I'm getting questions from the builder. What kind of, we, had, we had to go this week and pick out light fixtures for the new part that's being built back there. And it's like now all of a sudden I'm noticing everywhere. Like we're walking through the mall or we're at the restaurant and I'm like, hey, I like the rock they put on that. And I like the lights on that. That's really good. And I like that tile. Oh, I don't like that. And I like that wood and the way they did. And man, I'm taking pictures of stuff on my iPhone and stuff that was right in front of me the whole time. I just never noticed it until I started looking for it. And here's the thing is that there are opportunities right in front of you all the time to make a difference for the kingdom of God. There are opportunities for you to do good and to be rich in good deeds, but many times we just don't see them because we're not looking for them. And I would ask you today, what are the opportunities? I mean, just give it some thought. What are some of the opportunities that are in your life right now to be rich in good deeds? I mean, think about some of the people that you come into contact with on a regular basis. Think about the people that you work with. Think about maybe, maybe the lady at the gym who's a single mom and she's raising three kids on her own. Maybe she just needs someone to give her a hand. Maybe it's an elderly, elderly lady on your block that, you know, her husband's passed away and now it's starting to become springtime and the weeds are popping up. Maybe she could have a little help with with her yard and taking care of that or maybe it's I don't know maybe it's somebody on your kid's soccer team and you recognize that their family is struggling and that maybe they're struggling with some stuff in their marriage and maybe maybe they just need somebody to love on them or just invite them to church or maybe it's somebody in your in your life group who maybe they're you know they're moving and they just need somebody to show up and just pick up some boxes and just help and all around everywhere that we look there are opportunities everywhere to do good and to be rich in good deeds but here's the deal we won't see the opportunities around us if we are continually focusing on ourselves and the richer we get the more self-focused we become and if we want to be rich in good deeds we got to open our eyes and we got to start looking around us there are needs of people that are all around us and we miss it so many times because we're focused on ourselves i mean think about the priest and the levite why why do you think that they didn't why they why do you think that they walked right past the man who was laying there beaten up and bleeding and ready to die maybe it was because they were so focused on themselves i mean maybe they were thinking Hey, I, I would stop and help you, but I'm busy and I got stuff to do. I got places to be. I got to go to church. I got to go to a prayer meeting. I got to I got to go read my Bible. I got stuff that that I got to do. And maybe maybe that's why. Maybe they were so focused on themselves. They were so busy. Guess what? Busyness is a compassion killer. We get our lives so full of stuff that even when we see opportunities in front of us, we don't have time to do anything about it because we're doing all this other stuff that we think is so important. Maybe it was inconvenience. I mean, I mean, think about it. 
If you study, you realize that this priest and this Levite, they were religious leaders. And there were some very strict laws for the religious leaders that they had to be, they had to be kept com- completely ceremonially clean. And if they would have stopped and helped this man who was there, they would have become what would have been known as ceremonial, cer- ceremonially, easy for me to say, right? Unclean, right? And that would mean that they would have to go through this very long and tedious, very inconvenient process of becoming clean clean again before they could be able to do their duties in the house of God. And maybe that was the reason that they didn't stop. Maybe it would have been too inconvenient. And how many times do we see needs of people right in front of us, but we go, man, I would like to help, but that would be too inconvenient for me. Maybe they were even afraid. Maybe it was even fear. I mean, here's a guy that just got beat up by bandits, and here they find him on the road. Who knows that there's not bandits that are hiding somewhere waiting for someone to stop and help them? Maybe they were afraid to get involved. You know, I know there's been times when I just was like, I just don't really want to get involved because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get messed up. I don't want to be a part of that because it's too Messy, And all of those are reasons that many of us don't stop and help, that many of us don't see the needs of the people right in front of us. But all of those are very selfish and self-centered reasons. And what would happen if we would just begin to pray, God, open my eyes to people that are around me. Open my eyes to the needs of people. Open my ears to the cries of the people that are all around me, the people in my kids' school, the people that I work with, the people in my neighborhood, the people in my family, the people in my life group, the people in my church, people that are everywhere around me, opportunities to make a difference, opportunities to be rich in good deeds. They always begin by opening our eyes. So everybody say, open your eyes. Number two, if we're going to be rich in good deeds, we're going to have to open our hearts. Everybody say, open your hearts. Here's the deal is that sometimes the problem is not a vision problem. Sometimes the problem is a heart problem. For the priest and the Levite, perhaps the problem was not that they didn't see the man. Perhaps the problem was that they didn't have a heart for the man. Perhaps the problem was more of a, more of a heart problem. And you know the sad thing is that it's easy sometimes to just kind of shut out the pain, isn't it? I mean, sometimes it's easier that we might see the needs of people around us, but, but it, it's, so, it's, it's so painful, and it's like, I don't want to get involved in that. And so sometimes we can even let, let our riches and let the blessings of God kind of become like a buffer between us and people who are hurting and people who are, are in need. And sometimes we can, I mean, sometimes we can even just kind of insulate ourselves in our nice little cozy lives, in our nice little cozy homes, in our nice little cozy neighborhoods, and not realize that there are people all around us who are hurting. It reminds me of this story that I studied a little bit this past week of this, of this guy in Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Jesus tells of this rich man and another man named Lazarus. We see it in verse number 19. Jesus says, There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open 
swords. swords. Here's this rich man, and he's got, he's clothed in lavish clothing. He is clothed in splendor, living in this nice gated community. And just on the outside of the gates, just outside his house, is a man who is poor, a man who is sick, a man who has nothing to eat, who would just long for some scraps just from the rich man's table. And there was a gate that separated the man, the rich man, from the poor man. And I thought, how many times do we do that? How many times do we build up walls around us to insulate us from the people that are all around that are hurting? How many times do we hide out in our nice little community when there are people just, just a few blocks away, just a few miles down the road, just, just in, in other countries like Haiti that are just a, a short airplane ride away? How many times do we insulate ourselves from those things? How many times do we hear about the needs of people and maybe even see the needs? How many times do we hear about children who don't have food to eat and people who don't have clean water to drink? How many times do we hear about homeless people just a few miles away from us? And how many times do we shut our hearts off to the pain of the needs of the people around us sometimes we build these gates we build the gates because we're trying to protect ourselves because it's overwhelming sometimes we build the gates because built out of pride and it's like hey if they just go get a job then they would be doing good it's their fault they're that way don't you think maybe the priest and the levite might have even looked at the guy that was laying there and thought well if you were holy like us and going to church you wouldn't find yourself in this poor situation and it wasn't a vision problem It was a heart problem. But what happened for the Samaritan? When the Samaritan walked by and he saw the man, we see it in verse number 33, then this despised Samaritan came along. Look what it says. And when he saw the man, look what it says he did. He felt compassion. Everybody say compassion. He felt compassion for him. When he saw the man, he didn't just see him. He felt him. He didn't just see the need. His heart broke for the man. The one scripture says he said he had pity upon the man. He had compassion for the man. You know, it reminds me of the series that we did a few months ago when we talked about Nehemiah. Some of you might remember that series. You remember how we, heard, we talked about how Nehemiah heard about the condition of his, of his city and how the walls were broken down. And when he heard about it, it just broke his heart. You remember we talked about he had a Popeye moment. Somebody's got to do something. It's all I can stand. It can't stand no more. You remember that? Right? And what did he do? When he heard about the need, he couldn't just let it just pass off. And even though he was a thousand miles away from from where the need was. It broke his heart. And the Bible says that he sat down and he cried and he wept. And for days and days and days, he wept for the condition of the people, for the brokenness of the world. And what would happen if we would be like this good Samaritan, if we would be like the, the, the man Nehemiah, and when we see the needs of people around us, instead of hardening our hearts, when we hear about the brokenness in our world, and Instead of hardening our hearts, what would happen if we would be broken on the inside? If we would open our hearts and allow God to wreck us from the inside out for those who are hurting and struggling all around us. you got to open your eyes 
You've got to open your ears. But number three, this is, this is so important. You've got to open your hands. Luke chapter 10 and verse 33. Look what it says. Then this, this despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. And then he put the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. And the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man, and if his bill is higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. Check this out. This Samaritan man didn't just see the need. He didn't just, he didn't just feel the hurt of the man who was in need. But he did something about it. He reached down his hand and he lifted the man up. He used his own, his own time and his own money to make sure that the man was ministered to. He said, whatever I have, if you need it, it's yours. My hands are open. It reminds me of another very similar story. We find it in the, in the book of Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. There was, the Bible says, a man who had been crippled ever since birth. And every day, someone would carry this crippled man out to the, out to the gate. There it is again, a crippled man sitting at the gate. The gate being built up to keep the hurt away. But on this day, something was different. I'm sure they had seen this man many times before. I'm sure that they'd gone to the temple before. And this man had been at this temple begging for money since he was just a young man every single day I'm sure they had seen it before but on this day something was different that as they walked by the man they didn't just see the man but something happened in their heart they saw him through different eyes they saw him through eyes of compassion and look what they said to the man as he begged for money in Acts 3 and verse 6 but Peter said to him I don't have any silver or gold for you but what I, give, but what I have I will give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then Peter took the man by the hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up and he stood on his feet and he began to walk. And then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. What a powerful story. Here's this man who had been sitting there for all of that time. But on this day, something was different. On this day, there's Peter and John who decided, I'm not going to just see the need. I'm not going to even just feel for the guy and have sympathy for him. But I'm going to open my hand. I'm going to reach down my hand. And I'm going to do something about the need of the person that's right in front of me. And guess what? These men on this day, they weren't rich in silver and gold, but they became rich in good deeds. Maybe that's what God would call us to do. Maybe God would call us to be people who would say, hey, I, I'm going to be rich in, in monetary ways, and I'm going I'm to give out of the finances that God has blessed me with, but I'm not just going to do that. I'm going to do good. I'm going to be rich in good deeds. And I want you to notice something about Peter and John. Something's very important. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When we help those in needs, we've got to help them in a way that they really need it and not just in the way that we want to give it. Because sometimes you hear a sermon like this, and it's really easy to go, all right, cool, I want to be rich in good deeds, so I'm going to go into, into my garage and clean out all the junk that I don't want anymore and then bring it up to the church so, so I can give it to somebody, right? 
I'm going to go get my old dirty, junky couch, and hey, I'm going to bring it up here. And you weren't rich in good deeds. You just filled up the storage closet at the church. You know what I'm saying? And so many times we want to give everybody stuff we don't want so that we can pat ourselves on the back and go, oh, man, I'm such a giver, and I'm so rich in good deeds. Come on. I'm speaking the truth. But Peter and John, look, man, they didn't give the guy what he asked for because that's not what he needed. They gave him what he really needed. They didn't give him money. They gave him, they gave him healing. They reached down his hand and healed him. Guess what? Hey, the Samaritan, when he walked by the dude that was laying there and he's beat up and he's hurt, he didn't give him an old junky couch that he didn't want anymore. The guy didn't need an old junky couch that he didn't want anymore. What did he need? He needed someone to care for him, someone to love him, someone to pick him up, someone to pay for his hospital bill, someone to put him in a hotel, someone to bandage up his wounds. And here's the deal. If we're going to be rich in good deeds, then we're going to help people in the way that they need it, not just in the way that we want to give it. And you know what? Maybe you can't, maybe you can't pay somebody's bills and maybe they don't need you to pay their bills. Maybe if you paid their bills, that wouldn't be helping them. That'd be hurting them because it'd just be teaching them to not pay their own bills. Come on. But maybe someone you can help them by loving them, being their friend. And maybe God would put it on your heart to go buy them a tank of gas or to pay for a bill. Or, and maybe, maybe that's not what they need at all. Maybe they need someone to pray for them, someone to love them, someone to be there for them. I'm not saying we don't help people by giving them things. We're going to do that next week as we go down to help those people who live down by the homeless shelters. I'm not saying we don't do that. But here's what we're not going to do is we're not going to help people in a way that really hurts them. We're going to help people by giving them what they really need and not just the way we want to give it. And maybe that's what God would call us to do. Maybe that's what being rich is all about. Maybe that's why God has entrusted to us the riches and the blessings that he has. Maybe it's all about this. Maybe it's not about money at all. I know in this series we've talked a lot about money. Maybe it's not about money at all. Maybe it's just about an open hand. Maybe it's about saying, God, whatever I have, I'm holding it with an open hand. My time... My talents, my abilities, my treasures, my money, whatever I have, God, it's yours. I'll hold it with an open hand. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll give what you want me to give. Whatever you want me to do, God, here I am. And it's not about me getting the credit because here's the deal. That's not what it's about. It's all about when we serve and when we give and when we love and when we do good works and we do good deeds, it's not so that we can go, hey, look at me. Isn't that what Paul said? It's not so that anyone could boast, but instead so that we can boast in him and so that we can give glory and honor and praise to him. And I'm here to tell you that God is looking for some people here today, some people who will say I'll take what I have and I'll open I'll hold it with an open hand and God if you want it you can have it God if there are people who need it then I'll give it if there are people who need my time I'll give my time if there are people who just need an arm around their shoulder I'll give them an arm around their shoulder if there's somebody needs me to help pay their bills I'll help pay their bills if there's people down in in a homeless shelter that need me to bring them some socks and need me to bring them some toothpaste I'll bring them some socks and some toothpaste whatever it is God that you call me to do, I will do it. I will go. I will be. I will serve. I will love. Whatever it is, God, open my eyes to see it. God, break my heart on the inside when I see the needs of people around me. And God, I will open my hand and I will hold everything that I have with an open hand so that you can use all that I have for more of your kingdom and more of your glory.